Good morning, and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes like usual. We have our evening with medium events coming up on December 4th, if all goes well with COVID. I don't know really know what well means at this point, but we'll cross our fingers and keep you notified if something changes. If you were a ticket holder to our July or August event, tickets have already been refunded. The events have been canceled for everyone's safety. If you have not received your refund yet, please call us at 705 476 2613. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. Those are 10 to 15 minute shows. They run in a group of five and we pick one topic on emotional or spiritual intelligence and we give you tools. The very first in each series is free and it's available at the website by sarlo.com. The remaining four are found at a website called patreon.com backslash by Sarlo. Yes, and that is a paid platform or membership platform. It gives you access to all different kinds of benefits on a monthly basis to grow your emotional and spiritual intelligence. You can opt in or out at any point and move around as you see fit. It's a very interactive site as well so that you have our uh, guidance in all of the activities so that you feel supported in your growth. Kelly and I are continuing to do personal sessions for people all over the world. And that means you people in Ontario and in North Bay too. We do them by Skype, FaceTime, telephone, Zoom, WhatsApp. We give you five choices to be able to still connect to us. Yes, the messages are just as clear because Kelly and I have our connection with the spirit world. So it doesn't matter if you're in New Zealand or Astroville. Good point. Okay. And we do make that um, as an emphasis in our show notes right now, because so many of you are Mm -hmm. saying, I'll just wait till I can come in person. Mm -hmm. And Karen and I are non-essential by the province. Uh, So we are making sure that we are following orders to not open our doors. And we likely won't be opening those doors until January 2021. So for those of you thinking that you're just going to sit tight and wait, if that's what you want, that is fine. Um, But that is the duration that you're likely looking at. Mm -hmm. Um, And gift certificates are also available. So Mm -hmm. if you are thinking of gifting that to a loved one, um, they can be a contactless pickup if you are here in North Bay or in the surrounding areas, or we can email you a copy as well, uh, make that personalized to whomever you are gifting us to. Mm -hmm. So we'll dive into today's show. Um, Do you want to name this person? I do. It's a male. It's a male. George. Okay. Way back in Grey's Anatomy there. (laughs) Yeah, you did. So George um, calls for his appointment, or I can't even remember what device. Whatever. Honestly. Um, But he he booked because I'm a medium. So he says, you know, I looked you ladies up and he says, "Um, I want to connect to my dad. And I said, okay, any boundaries around that? And he said, no, none at all. And I said, any intention? And he said, well, why don't you start... And I'll see how it goes. And I'll jump in if I feel I need to, and we'll see how you do. That's common. Mm-hmm. I find that a fairly common way that people word it. Um, so anyway, so I just asked his dad, I said, would you like to come forward and say whatever it is that you choose to say, because that's what your son is asking of you. And so he comes up to me and he says, yeah. He says, um, he's here for a reason though. He says, um, we were in the middle of something. And I'm like, okay, what? (laughs) And he goes, well, 
I'm his mentor. He says he looks up to me. And we were in the middle of working on things. And I said, uh, how old is your son? And, uh, and he says, well, he's, he, he works. He's in his 40s. And I said, um, so what were you in the middle of? What do you mean? And he goes, well, I teach him life lessons. And he goes, and I, I try to help him sort through things so that he understands the lesson in everything. And I thought, I wish everybody had a dad like you <laughs> or a mom or a mentor or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he says, so we were in the middle of some things and I had a heart attack. Mm. He says, and I, I didn't even survive past hitting the floor, so to speak. He says, I just literally died in an instant. And he says, so my son and I didn't have a chance to work through what we were working on together. And he wants to know what his next lessons are and what he's in the middle of, what I was trying to to teach him or what I was trying to pull out or help him with. And I said to him, you've come to the right medium. (laughs) This is the stuff we live to do. And he said, good. He says, because I've got some messages for him. I want to, I'd like to have a visit with my son, but it's going to look like a therapy session. <laughs> Most of our sessions do, I think. <laughs> yeah. Disclaimer, they are not. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. So I said this to George, I repeated, and he said, that's correct. He goes, uh, my dad had a heart attack. He says, I didn't get to say anything. I didn't get to say goodbye. And I said, yeah, that's not what we're working on. (laughs) And he goes, what do you mean? And I said, well, he says that you learned lessons from your dad. You, he liked to extrapolate the lesson for you when you couldn't figure it out yourself and point out what you needed to know to make things a little less stressful. And he goes, yes. Oh God. And then you can see, like, it's not just like an, oh God what's happening. It's, oh my God, I can't believe you're going to do this. And I'm actually going to get another visit with my dad. Mm -hmm. What a moment, Kelly, to realize that I can do that for somebody. Like I, you know, when the Grinch's heart just grows, (laughs) I felt like mine just went boom, 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 boom. Like, Oh, it was just such an incredible experience. And I thought, oh my God, that's why I love these gifts, why I love doing what I do. So he said, please. But he, oh my God, George is just so very um, open and, and I'll say very present. So he says, you go right ahead, Karen. I'd like to hear, hear anything dad's got to say. So I said, okay, George, give her. What do you want to talk about? He goes, well, it's going to go back and forth a little bit. And he says, but the first thing I want to tell him is, is that we're always working together on um, not, not making a bigger deal of something than it needs to be. It's a great skill. Yeah. And so he says, the first thing I want to say to him is, is that out of that, I want to say the phrase to him, conserve your energy. And he says, and watch what happens when you say it. He's going to hit the pause button and go grab a pen and pencil, but it's his journal. So I did. I said it. And sure enough, oh, pardon me, George is the client. 
I, I confused that and called his dad George. I'm sorry. I made oh. a mistake in there. I'm so in my own shit. I didn't hear it. <laughs> okay. George is the client. So what do you want to call his dad? Oh, Grey's Anatomy fans are like, Kelly, you should know George's dad's name. And I don't remember. <laughs> um, uh, I'll just go with Alan. Alan? Okay. <laughs> so I repeat this to George. And sure enough, if he doesn't say to me, oh, I, I got to go get my my um, my stuff like this. And, and I said, okay, go go get it. So he comes back. I don't see what he's carrying back. He just puts it down on on the table. And then I said, did you get a journal? And he goes like this and picks it up and shows me. And he says, yeah. He goes, this is my journal. He goes, why are you asking? And I said, well, because your dad said it was a journal as opposed to like a clipboard or loose paper, whatever, a notepad. I said, it's a, a journal, a bound book you keep. And he goes, yeah. And I said, it's actually like dad's journal. And he goes, well, and he holds it up. And it's, it's, it's professionally written in journal, like you buy it like that, right? But he's taken a black pen and written dad's. <laughs> and I said, well, I said, your dad says that you wrote dad's on it after he died. And he goes, yeah, I did. And I said, it wasn't written there when he was alive. You just considered it your journal. But since dad's passed, and these are the lessons dad's teaching you, you've actually given him all of the credit and written dad's journal. And he goes, yeah, he goes, that's correct, I did. So Alan has a, like this big smile. <laughs> it's so cute. And he has a space between his teeth. And so I said, oh, I said, your, your dad has a, a large space between his two front teeth. And he goes, he does. And I said, well, he's showing me that because he's showing off. (laughs) He's excited to be talking to a medium. He's excited to show off to you that he could could find his old body and show me that he had a a space between his teeth and that that would be significant to you because when you were talking to your dad, we often look at a person's eyes or their mouth, right? And he goes, yeah. He goes, and I really liked my dad's smile. He says, I, I, I took a lot of pride in making him laugh. Um, so I said, well, write down in your notes then that dad says, conserve your energy. And he goes, you're acting like my dad. Write that down. <laughs> he goes, because my dad would say, write that down. <laughs> cool. Like this, like, and he'd say it sometimes like, write that down. Mm-hmm. And at other times it would be, write that down. Because and there would have different inflections and tones and energy with it, like I'm joking or uh, write that down. That was a really funny one, or that's a really good one, or you're not listening to me. Write that down. Mm-hmm. You're going to need that later. Make sure you know that one. Mm-hmm. So periodically during the session, we had fun with the write that down comments in, in the different tone of voice, and you could see that that both George and Alan were really enjoying that process. And I got to tell you, I loved it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was super fun. So then he says to him, conserve your energy in terms of your mother. And don't forget to ask questions about your mom. Like, is this a real emergency? Is this a true emergency? Because mom liked to say things like, I need a loaf of bread. 
And she would say it in such a way like, on your way home from work, like I need bread. So he would think, I've got, to, I've got to stop after work instead of going home or instead of picking the kids up and getting to the soccer game, i got to get mom bread. Apparently she has to have bread. And it would be like, no, she doesn't have to have bread. It's not even for supper. It's not even for tomorrow. It's for Saturday and it's Monday. But she would say things in a tone of voice to create a sense of urgency. And they both knew it, but he would forget it. And so his dad would always, when they were together, would kind of like put his hand on his shoulder like, no, this is your mom's tone of voice. This is your mom's sense of urgency. It's not. Nice. And he didn't do it meanly to his wife. He didn't do it meanly to his son. He was just saying to his son, this is her way. She's always worried, always stressed, but that doesn't have to be our lives and we don't have to get triggered by her. If she wants to say it that way, we can't control that she says it in that tone of voice. We can't control that she has that level of anxiety, but we certainly can control how we hear it and how we respond to it and what we think and how we prioritize it. And I thought, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. So he was teaching him the same thing at work. And he was saying, an employee can come up to you and, and create a sense of urgency. I feel sick. I got to go home. Or I, I need time off. Or I'm stressed. And, and like, it's got to get done now. Or a client could create a high sense of urgency. Because they thought, well, if I create a sense of urgency, then they'll push me to the top of their list. So Alan said things to him like, am I creating my own stress? Am I letting other people create a sense of urgency for me? And you could see him writing all of this down. He'd write all the questions down. And then Alan said something to me, like, mentioned to him to put the, the questions, um, like, at the side of the page, or, I don't know, he wanted him to, like, draw attention to the questions, and I, I paused. I said, hey, can we hit a timeout for a second? Your dad's trying to say something about the way you're writing in the journal. He goes, oh, I know. <laughs> I said, oh, you know? Because I was struggling with it a little bit. And he goes, oh, yeah, I know. He goes, my dad was always coaching me how to write in a journal. <laughs> like, you know, you should take this and you should put a line down the page or you should put your sketches on this side. You should <laughs> flag it. <laughs> He just, he had all these ideas of how his son should journal. And I said, oh, really? So I said, Alan, I said, why? He goes, well, I was a professor. He says, so like I was used to note taking and research and that you had to go back to find things and you had to organize your notes. Doesn't that make sense? Oh, yeah. So that's, uh, Alan and I would get along famously. Yeah, because like he would color code it. He mm -hmm. would be able things to. Things have to jump out at you. Yes. For recall. Yeah. And you have to be, yes, that's a good way to word it. You have to be able to go back and also grab certain pieces of information that are going to be scattered everywhere and be able to pull them all out at the same time. Mm -hmm. So he goes, oh yeah, this is totally, totally my father. And he goes, and I struggle with that. He goes, because I just wanted to do my journal my way. And he goes, but I understand what dad's doing. He says, so go ahead, dad can tell me how I'm supposed to color code my journal. 
He goes, because I'm starting to see the relevance of it. As I'm aging and as I have different problems and more responsibility at work. And so as he was coming into higher positions at work, he was understanding how more organized you have to get. But his dad was at that level. And so he was trying to always prepare him. He was always 10 steps ahead of his son, but in such a good way. So I'm going to read some of the questions. Is this person creating a real or a make-believe problem? Am I creating unnecessary stress? Is mom creating unnecessary stress? And then he said, you know, an underlying mom so that you could fill in the blank and put down some of your coworkers, your bosses, your children. clients, your children, your spouse. Um, George is married. He has kids. So there's like there are lots of people in his life that could be creating the stress. Um, am I creating unnecessary stress in my own mind? Am I worrying over things I don't need to be? Am I creating drama? Um, is this person creating drama? So these were some of the questions. And then he said, um, the next one was, I was just in the midst of trying to say to you not to take things personally. And he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, okay, go on about that. I think I need this right now. He goes, could you explain it? And I said, well, yeah. I said, you're in a situation at work where someone's on a sick leave. And he goes, I am. He goes, there is a person on sick leave. And I said, and this is a person that you you think is like a, a best buddy at work. But you're the boss, but it's like still your best friend. And he goes, yeah. And I said, well, you're taking it personally because there's friendship involved. And I said, you, you're, you're wondering what you could have done to help this person stay at work longer. You don't want to see them on a stress leave because you know that they have their own responsibilities and financial commitments. You feel bad about it. And he goes, yeah, I sure do. I have empathy for him. And I said, well, I said, you think that, you're, that you could have done things differently at work, but he's on a stress leave because things aren't going well at home in his own marriage. And he went, what? And I said, the stress leave doesn't have to do with work, but he's on a stress leave and he's told his doctor that it's about work so that he could get a stress leave. And he's, he feels bad about it and that's why he's avoiding you because he threw you under the bus. And he goes, Oh my God. He goes, that explains why he won't hang out with me. He's not returning my calls. He went on a stress leave and it's like our friendship ended. He's my best friend. And I said, well, he threw you under the bus because he, he wants the, fi- the financial means. He, wa- he didn't want to tell the doctor about his marriage. So he said it was the behavior of his boss. That's sad. Yeah. And so he just sat there, and you could really see that George wanted to cry. Mm -hmm. Like, you could really see a tremendous amount of hurt Mm -hmm. that his friend did this to him, but also that his friend is going through this and doesn't have his best friend. So he's like, okay, Karen, he goes, I got to deal with that. And so his dad came in and said, that's right, George, you got to deal with that on your own personal time on the weekend. And he goes... Oh, he goes, I was going to call him when I got off this call. (laughs) And I said, no, you're not. I said, your dad is saying that you need to call him 
on personal time so he knows that you're calling as a friend Mm -hmm. and that you're calling to say, hi, I know you're on a stress leave. Um, It's come to my attention that you might be experiencing some stuff going on in your marriage and I'm your best friend, so I'm here for you. And we're best friends right now, aren't we? And he looks at me and he goes, oh, I really like that. You're telling him that I'm only there as his best friend and that his boss doesn't know about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he goes, yes, his boss doesn't know. And I said, that, that's right. So we're going to do, you're going to do it that way, right? And George goes, is that what dad says? <laughs> and I said, that's what dad says. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. That's what dad says. And he goes, this is why I called. He goes, because I just wanted dad. No offense, Karen. I know I need you, but I want dad. And I went, that's... Not that's, taking it personally. And yes, that's exactly what I said. Not. Mm-hmm. You're, we're, we're totally good here. I get this. So we left that little part then. And he says, does that dad have anything else to say to me? And I said, yeah. I said, he, he says that what he was trying to teach you through a lot of these different lessons is that you need to know yourself. You need to know what your own boundaries are. And so mom's there to push them. She's there to say, you know, is there a boundary here? You can help me out, but you're still a dad. You're still a partner. You're still a boss. You're still a friend. You still have all these other aspects, but I don't get to yank your chain. You can hear me. You can call me back and say, hey, do you need this right away? Can this wait till Saturday? And his mom would have said Saturday. She would have caught herself and not realized, oh, my tone of voice wasn't very good. Yeah, yeah, Saturday. I'm sorry, honey. This is not a mean person, but it can come out that way in his head. And then he can get angry about it. Geez, she didn't even need the bread till Saturday. Why'd she treat me like that? He can make it a bigger story than it needs to be. If it's just her anxiety. Yeah. So again, not taking it personally. Yes. And so Alan goes, okay, I'm done. (laughs) And he goes, tell George, you're welcome. And say hello to mother. (laughs) Like this. So I said that to him and he he just goes, oh my God, that's exactly my dad. Say hello to mother. He wouldn't call her mother to her face. He referred to his partner by her first name. Um, But when he spoke to his son, George, about his mom, he referred to her as mother. Mm -hmm. So that was it. It it was, um, that was it for the session. Then I, I, I want to say something from me as Karen. So he emailed me after that. George. George did. <laughs> yes, not Alan. We don't know how far this is going, so. <laughs> George emailed me afterwards. I think it was like a few hours later. It was the same day. And it it was very brief, but I wanted just to say what he wrote in it. And I didn't write I didn't write the note down word for word. I just wrote the words in the email. And it was basically to the effect of um that he had had a treatment that day that he had called to, to chat with his dad, that his dad had passed, and that I had got th- that right that he had passed of a heart attack. And he says, Karen, that I helped him feel connected to his dad, that he felt complete, 
that he finally had some closure, that he felt gratitude, that he felt lighter, and now he knew that he had purpose again. Mm. And so I literally just wrote those key words down. This was a, about an hour-long session. I think it was about an hour, if I remember that correctly. Um, and, and I just, it was just a really good session. It was just really fun to connect George and Alan mm-hmm. and um, to be part of that relationship. This is a healthy relationship. And it was lovely to be a piece of it and to put those two healthy people back together again, those two souls, um, to reconnect so that George could become a man. And that, that's what he's working on. That's what he and Alan always referred to, becoming a man. That was written in the, big, in the front part of the journal that George wrote. And he wrote dot, dot, dot on becoming a man. Yeah, I like that. And I and I know too, mm-hmm. there's so many semantics right now that are being argued and for good reason for all the changes that we really need to see in the world and what they really mean as a grown-up. Uh, that's all that meant. It, it's, it's not gender-based. It just means adulting. Yeah. And I think, right. you know, as much as we can without distorting the stories, um, we want to evolve and change with with the language that that we're learning, right? Um, so that yes. when people are listening, if your situation gender wise doesn't match up entirely, you can still know that you're supported in these stories. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean like I. I said. know you don't. I'm saying it for listeners, right? Especially if they have not been with us since the beginning and know your character, right? Because I've teased you in many recent podcasts where you've clarified your intention, and I'm like, oh, for God's sakes, we know. Like, we, the listeners, know who you are. Um, but brand new listeners need to feel that comfort here, too. So, Yeah, as you said, there's so much change going on with language and our intention and our education. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. So if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at No matter where you're listening from, thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm.